0: Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. And if you would, just open up your hands as we pray. Lord, we ask that you would encounter each heart today. Holy Spirit, this is your house. This is your house, Father. Jesus, you are allowed to do whatever you want to do. So we open our heart to you. We ask that you would speak. I ask that you would open our ears to hear what you have to say. And I pray that we would all encounter your presence right now. I pray, Father, for for your peace to be released upon people in this moment. And for anybody here today who's tired, who feels weak, I pray that you would strengthen them right now. And that you would lift them up and you would speak to them all the things that you want to say to them. So Lord, I ask that you would have your way I ask Lord that you would speak, I ask Lord that all every word would be yours and that you would teach us Holy Spirit, teach us what you want us to know. Lord, we choose you. Jesus we choose you. And we ask that you would move us and that you would speak in Jesus name. Amen. One thing the Lord has been speaking to me a lot about lately has been surrender. It's definitely, it's not the easiest thing to do. But he's been speaking to me about how necessary surrender is in the life of a Christian. He's been speaking to me about how, what surrender looks like in the life of a Christian. How can we be surrendered to Jesus And why is it important to be surrendered to Jesus? The most simple answer, and I think the biggest answer to what surrender looks like, it looks like being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Complete and totally yielded to the Spirit. As we're going to read through Romans 8. And verse 1, it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. When you're surrendered, he gives you the power to be free from death. When you're surrendered to Jesus, he gives you the power to be free From eternal death, which is brought by sin. Going further, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Surrender is giving up control. Surrender is saying, you're God, I'm not. In Scripture, it talks about time and time again how we cannot do this on our own. We cannot follow him on our own. We cannot do the things he's calling us to do on our own. It's not in our own strength. And we see here that that's part of the reason why Jesus came and he died for us because we never could have done this on our own. It's only when we're surrendered to him that we have access to this that breaks off the death of sin. When you're surrendered to Jesus, you naturally start to do the things He's called you to do. In John 14, 15, it says, Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey my commands. One thing that's very important about that, Jesus didn't say, If you obey my commands, you love me. He said, If you love me, you'll obey my commands. So what has to come first? Love. If you're just trying to obey and you think that that's how you love him, then you have it all wrong. Being surrendered is loving Jesus. If you learn to love Jesus well, you'll live a life surrendered to him. If you want to live in obedience to him, you need to find out, how can I love Jesus well? When you love someone, you're naturally going to want to do things to please them. And that's how it is with our relationship with Jesus. You're surrendered when you learn how to love Him. When you give up that control, when you, when you seek Him, when you spend time with Him, when you do everything you can to get to know who is Jesus and who is He to me. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. If you are not surrendered, if you're not being led by the Spirit, if you're not yielding to the Spirit, then you're going to be yielding to sin. And the only way we can be yielded to the Holy Spirit is if we have him already living within us. And that comes when we give our life to him. That comes when we call upon the name of Jesus. When we confess that he's Lord and Savior. When we believe in our heart of who he is. Then scripture says that his spirit comes, becomes one with our spirit. That's the only way we can be yielded to the Holy Spirit. It's... It's what salvation is is calling upon the name of Jesus. His spirit, Holy Spirit, comes to live within us, becomes one with our spirit, and He saves us from eternal death. Salvation is not you prayed the prayer. Salvation is Jesus. That's the simple answer. I just finished out a class, um, systematic theology. I had to do a paper about, can you lose your salvation? It's so complicated. (laughs) My main viewpoint was you can't. I'm still kind of on that line. But the truth is nobody knows because there's so much scripture it could go both ways. We don't know. Maybe you can lose your salvation. We don't know. Maybe you can't. We don't know. The biggest thing is we don't walk on that line, and we keep our eyes focused to Jesus. The meaning, um, the the whole meaning, the salvation is being saved. It's being delivered from death. The meaning of the name of Jesus, it's, it's to rescue, it's to save. He literally is salvation. He is our salvation. And we cannot be yielded to the Holy Spirit if we do not have him. We cannot be yielded to the Holy Spirit if we are not saved. It is not a prayer. It is a heart posture and believing in a heart that he is who he says he is. That's what it is. That's what we need to have. In verse 6, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeys God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. You can never please God if you're not yielded to the Spirit. That's the only way you're going to please Him, if you're yielded to the Holy Spirit. If you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, you're not pleasing Him. At all. Being yielded to a spirit that surrender. Being yielded to a spirit that's saying yes. And like I said before, it's not something that's in our own strength. It's not something that we do in our own works. What we need to do is come to him and we say yes to Jesus. We say yes to who he is. And what he begins to do is through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives us the strength To say no to sin. It's by His Spirit. It's not by our own works. We cannot say no to this on our own. If we could say no to sin on our own, by ourselves, on our own strength, then Jesus would have never had to come and die on the cross. We have to let Him be the one who gives us the strength. We have to let Him be the one who leads us the one who guides us, the one who directs us, it has to be him. Do you want a life surrendered to Jesus? Do you want a life where you're connected to him, where you're close to him, where you can hear his voice, where you're sensitive to his presence? I was talking to Matt about this the other day. I I desire so much to be more sensitive to the presence of him. And what I've noticed is the more you step away from him, the more you get distracted, the more you let these things come into your life, you start to lose sensitivity to his presence. But when you're connected to him, the minute that his presence is strong in a room, he is omnipresent, but there's times where his presence is strong in one area. The minute that his presence is strong in a room, you're able to notify that it's there like that, and there's no denying. You know, and that is a life surrendered. It's having a sensitivity to when his presence comes, having a sensitivity to when he's about to move, because this is what happens. If you don't, if you're not sensitive to when his presence comes in a room, when it's strong, if you're not sensitive, then you're going to miss him when he moves, He wants us to be a part of that. When when there's breakthrough in a room, when there's breakthrough pouring out, he wants us to be a part of what he's doing. But that comes when we keep our eyes focused on him because the kingdom of God is always advancing. And for us, it's only it's only one way or the other. We're either moving forward or moving backwards. There's no in between. So either we're we're for Him or we're against Him. That's what Jesus said. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. That is the key. Is knowing that we are saved. Knowing that we've given our life to Him. Knowing that that he is within us. And once we know that, then we can live a life surrendered. But it's, it's a journey. Being surrendered to Jesus is a journey. It's nothing that's going to happen overnight. It's something that it, it continues for the rest of our life. Living a life surrendered to him. Nobody who's walking on this earth is 100% fully surrendered to Jesus. Not even the disciples were fully 100% surrendered to Jesus. Who here has heard of the three disciples? There's Peter, right? John, and I think James, right? What that means is in Scripture, those three are recorded spending more time with Jesus than any other disciple. And so the terminology is the three disciples because it seemed like they were much closer to Jesus than they were. Peter was best friends with Jesus. He was so close to him, but he still denied him three times. Living a life surrendered does not happen in a day. It does not happen in a week. It does not happen in 10 years. It is through our whole life. Jesus said that we have to pick up our cross daily. Not one day, but daily and follow him. In verse 12, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its power, you will die. But through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. In verse 12, where it says, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. When we have him, when we're yielded to him, then we have a choice to say no to sin. In Romans six sixteen, it says, Don't you realize you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or, or you can choose to obey God, which le- leads to righteous living. It's one or the other. It's God or it's sin. And that's how it is. We either want them or we don't. Surrender looks like something. Surrender looks like saying yes to Him. Surrender looks like wanting Him more than we want anything else. Our desire and our need and our want for Jesus, that that can't be faked. You can't fake surrender. Nobody here can fake being surrendered to Jesus. Because you can raise your hands in church. You can go out and do all the things. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a time where you completely turn away from him and you live that life of sin. And you, you come to church and you, you praise him and you go through the motions. But then the very next day, we see it all the time. People go out and, and they live a sinful nature, and they do it with intention. That's not surrender. That's trying to love God through obedience instead of loving Jesus, and then the obedience comes. We get burnt out if we try to just obey him. We need to learn to love him, and the more we learn to love him, the better we We can be yielded to Him, the the better we can live a life where we don't get so burnt out. Because He's our strength. Scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We get to experience His joy when we're yielded to Him. When you live a life yielded to the Holy Spirit, He strips away the things in your life that aren't him. The realization to be surrendered to Jesus, there's something that's very important for all of us, is we have to realize what things in our life are distracting us from him. What things in our life are pulling us away from him. There's so much more to who he is than just a Sunday. And, you know, one big thing that the Lord's highlighted to me is there's so many times where so many of us, we live in the past of what God did. We live in the past of what happened. We live in the past of how he moved. And we share these stories. We should always share testimonies at every single moment. We should share testimonies. That's very true. But sometimes we live so much in the past of what he used to do that we're like, Oh, when, when I was this age when I was here, it was so amazing God was moving in such power. But then what about today? You're living in the past. Why can't God did what he did back then and now? What's the difference between the you then and the you now? That's a big question. Are you seeking him now like you did then when you saw him break out and move in power? I am expecting God to move here powerfully. I'm not expecting to just think about the things that he did and to just hold on to that and to say that was that was amazing and just put up with not having him break, up, break through now. There needs to be an urgency within our heart. There needs to be a thing within us that actually wants this. I've been in the, in the room where there was 400 people and God was moving out and everybody was on the ground and everybody was crying and weeping. But I want that here. Not in another country, Here. And he can do it because I've seen him do it. He has no favorites. You realize that? He will pour out his spirit without measure, but we just need to say yes. And to not have a fear of man about what other people are going to think of us. Surrender is letting go your fear of man, of what people think about you. Of when you're in church and you're seeking the Lord and you're feeling him move. And God, maybe he wants you to do something. Maybe he wants you to dance. Maybe he wants you to get on your knees. Maybe he wants you to be flat on your face. But you won't do it because you're afraid of what other people think. If you live a life afraid of what people think, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. And you won't see him move fully in power through your life. And you're going to miss out on all the things that he has planned for you. We need to let go of what people think about us. And we need to focus on what God thinks about us. That's what matters. I'll tell you a story. I don't think i have told. I don't know if I've told anybody. But I did something that wasn't so smart years ago. Um, there was a guy that I did, And he was going through some hard things. And he... I was talking to him. We were trying to pray. He was telling me about what's going on in the situation. Basically, what happened is he was caught up, and he was, I don't know what he was selling, some type of drug. Maybe it was just weed. Maybe it was something else. I have no idea what the extent. But he had a dealer that he would sell for, and he wanted to get out, but he was absolutely terrified of the the guy. Um, He was making him sell. So I was like, Let me talk to him. I was like, you set up the meeting, let me talk to him, and I will make him let you go. (laughs) And I'm sure, mom, you're glad that never (laughs) happens. Maybe that wasn't the wisest thing. But when you just trust the Lord, when you just trust that he has you in your hand, then more and more you'll start to see yourself letting go of the fear of man. I mean, the funny thing is, I don't, I, I don't have the fear of man over if someone's going to try to hurt me. I know the Lord's going to protect me. But there's still so many times where I have a fear of man if I'm out in public praying for someone because I don't want them to say no. It's, it looks different. You can still have the fear of man. Maybe you're not afraid if someone kills you, but you can still have that fear of man if you're going to go pray for someone and, and you feel that and you don't want them to say no. You don't want them to reject you. It still can be different. I still struggle with that. We have to see what we need to be surrendered to in our life. There's so much I need to work on. There's so much I need to still to surrender to Jesus. There's a, a quote that I've been really f- focusing on a lot lately. From the missionary Heidi Baker, she was telling me that she was going through a hard season and she didn't know how she was going to get through. And she said, The Lord spoke to her and she said, I can't, He can, as in God can. So I can't, He can, we will. You're in a situation. You don't know what to do. You don't know how you're going to get through it. You can't do it. He can. So partner with him. We will. He's the one who can do it. So why not partner with the person who can? There's so much I cannot do. Like do this Why Sam and Eliza are gone. I can't. He can. So we will. That's how I'm able to be here. have to realize we have to let go of control. We have to realize and humble ourselves and know our weaknesses. And we have to know the things in our life that's holding us back. And we have to make a decision. Do I want Jesus more than I want this thing? There's so many hard situations that I've been through, so many points of pressure that I've been through. And when I get in those points of pressure where I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know how I'm going to make it through, time and time again, Jesus always asks me the same question. He says, If you were to lose everything you have, if you were to lose all your possessions, if you were to lose your family, and you just had me, is it enough? Every time. And the answer has to be yes. And if it's not yes, if there's something in my heart and I delay my yes, I have to go back and have to say, I delayed my yes, Lord. I need you to help me so it's only you. I have to be honest. In verse 15, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father for the spirit. joined Hello. <laughs> the spirit. joined Spirits. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I got too much hair. <laughs> All right. I think it's good. <laughs> All right. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are the His glory, we must also share His suffering. Surrender. Count the cost. Surrender is being willing to pay any price, no matter what it takes. Jesus said to count the costs in Luke 14, 28. He said, nobody's going to start building a house if you don't first know all the expenses that comes with building a house. If you just try to go at it, you're going to eventually just quit. Because you're going to realize you didn't count all the costs and you don't have everything you need to build this house. To be surrendered is to understand that suffering will come, that hardships will come, but we need to count those costs and to understand that those things will come. Understanding that they'll come, realizing that they may come and that they will come, that's counting the cost. And when we count the cost, it sets us up in a position for when the hard things happen to be surrendered. One of the hardest stories I've ever heard. It was, I think it was in the the book, John Fox's uh, Book of Martyrs. It goes through the history of a lot of martyrs throughout the years from the time of Stephen uh, going close to now. There was a lady who was a Christian. She was a missionary. She was preaching the word and I believe it was, you know, a lot of martyrs were actually martyred by the church because they were trying to speak out against things that they were doing wrong. So I believe it was the church that was trying to kill her. She had a daughter. They took her daughter. They tied her to a stake. And they were about to set on fire. And they told her, if you denounce Jesus, we'll let your daughter live. And we'll let you go didn't do it set everything on fire of course the pain that the daughter went through is can't imagine but daughter looked at her mom and the words to, to just say it was coming to her mouth and her mom looked at her and she said no don't do it. The mother watched her own child die. And that was a cost that was counted. So that she would not denounce Jesus. And stories like this, it happens more than what we think. Still today, more than what we think. That's the, in other countries, that's the cost of following Jesus. Jesus. We have to count hard things. Jesus said it's not going to be easy. But if we count that cost and we still look to him in those times, he will bring us comfort, he'll bring us peace, and he'll get us through. But it's only from him. Is there any price you're willing to pay to keep Jesus in your life? Are you willing To let go of everything if that's what he said. If that's what he said. You may be like, no, he's not going to tell me to get rid of what I'm doing because it's from the Lord. He could. Sometimes the Lord gives you things and he, he tests us. People think he doesn't test us, but he does. Sometimes the Lord gives us things. And then what he'll do is he'll ask us to let go of those things because he wants to see where our heart is. You know what I find very interesting? Is Jesus chose Judas to be in charge of the money. Right? And he was a thief. Right? He sold out Jesus for money. And we were talking, why, why didn't Jesus choose Matthew, the tax collector? Why, he would have been a better choice. To take care of the money. But he chose someone who struggled with money. He chose someone who struggled with handling those things. And he knew this. He knew that he would struggle. But he still put him in that position. He gave that to Judas. That was from the Lord. And he knew it was a struggle. But it was a test of heart to see where his heart would be. And he would steal from the money all the time. Sometimes there can be tests in our life. And sometimes we don't know we're in a test. But the Bible says we are to always be alert. We're to always be aware of what's in our life. And we're to always just say yes to him no matter what he says. And when we give our life to him, when we're surrendered to him, we get to share in his glory And it says in verse 18, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. He's going to reveal who His children really are. I find that interesting. What did it say before? It said that, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And then it says, All creation looks forward to the day when God will reveal who his children are. Are you his? Or are you not? You're either for him or you're against him. You're either living a life surrendered to him or you're not. It's one or the other. At, in the end, when he comes back, all of creation will know whose is his and whose not. And we don't know the day when he comes back. We do not know when Jesus will come. Sometimes we get into a position where we act like, oh, he's not going to come back anytime soon. But the realization is he can come back at any second. And we do not know the day. We do not know the hour. The Bible says that he's going to come like a thief in the night. When a thief comes in the night to rob your house, it comes at the most unexpected time. And you are just absolutely shocked after it happens when you find out. He's going to come in that manner is what the Bible says. And the Bible says we are to be alert always. And that only comes when we're yielded to the Holy Spirit. We can only be alert when we're yielded to the Holy Spirit. And that is what surrender looks like. Is when we're surrendered, when we're yielded to the Holy Spirit, we will be able to have a sensitivity to when He's moving and He will tell us what we should do. But again, we cannot be yielded to the Holy Spirit if you've not given your life to Jesus and He's not living inside of you. It's not a prayer. It's a heart posture. It's humility. It's getting on your knees. It's saying, you're God, I'm not. Forgive me, Lord. I believe that you died for my sins and raised from the dead. And every single day you do that. That is what surrender looks like. We need to let the Holy Spirit help us. Another favorite quote of mine is the Holy Spirit can do more in five minutes than we can do in five years all by ourselves without God. The Holy Spirit can do way more if we just partner with Him. We can get way more done if we just partner with Him. Sometimes we feel like we need to do all these things and get all these things done, and then we can spend time with the Lord, then we can seek the Lord, then we can pursue the Lord. If we seek him first, the Bible says, all other things will fall into place. If we seek him first. And what he's spoken to me as well is, if I'm not putting him first in the morning before I work, if I'm not seeking him before I start my day, before I work, then I'm putting him second. Maybe you'll lose a little sleep. It's a sacrifice at times. But every day, he needs our yes. Every day. Not one day, every day he needs our yes. And we need to realize if it's going to cut in to work, then that's what it is. You might say, I don't have time. I'm working all the time. I'm doing all these things. If you have to cut into your work to spend time with Jesus, oh well, he's more important. He is the provider, not us. He's the one who will give us what we need. And we have to put him first, because if you start putting him second, and you start thinking all these other things are more important, what happens when he comes and you're doing that? We do not know if you lose your salvation or if you can't lose your salvation. So we shouldn't play around with what he's given us. We need to have a healthy fear of the Lord, not to be terrified of him. Have a healthy fear of the Lord and to realize that what he's given us is a gift and we should not abuse it. And then one of the last things, if you're going through a hard time, If you're struggling in this room, in Romans it says, a lot of us know this, the Lord works together good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. He works things out for good. But what we don't realize is he doesn't do that for everyone. There's the verse. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. He does not work together the good for just anybody. Understand this. It says, for those who love God and for those who are called according to His purpose. Those two things right there. If you love Him and if you're seeking Him and if you're desiring to do the will of the Father, he will work things out for good no matter what you're going through. And that is a fact. This word will never go away. He says it'll never go away. This will be here for all of eternity. So if you want things to work for good in your life, if you're going through a hard time, love God, seek him. Everything else will fall into place. And if you're not surrendered, if there's something in your heart, That's preventing you from seeking him, preventing you from being on your hands and knees and crying out to him. You need to evaluate where you're at. You need to understand what you really want. Make a decision. Is he the one you really want? You can be honest. If you know that you're in a place right now where he's really not the one you really want more than anyone else, then just be honest and say, Lord, you're not the one that I really want. More than anything else, but can you help me get there? And He will. He's not going to scold you if that's how you are right now. He loves you, and nothing can separate us from His love. Less than. Father, We just come to you right now. We pray, Lord, that you would encounter each heart here. We pray, Father, that you would just touch us with your love. We pray, Father, that your your presence would be so strong. Holy Spirit, speak to us if there's things in our life that have been a distraction, if there's things in our life that has blocked us from being surrendered to you, please let us know. Ask for more of your presence to come right now. Ask that you would encounter hearts right now. Peace come upon us. Broken hearts, I pray to be healed. Lead us to a life of surrender. And please tell us if we are not saved. And give us the strength and lead us to you. In Jesus' name, amen.